I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Phil Etheridge of The Twang. And this is a great chat. You're going to love this. We we talk about... We, we we get lost in the nineties in this as well, which is really nice. We've uh, we've got very similar tastes in in lots of stuff that um, kind of soundtracked our, formi- uh, our formative years, and uh, and we go in on that, and uh, and it's great to have a bit of uh, a bit of a chat about skateboarding as well, and uh, and we go right through it. You know, we we, we talk about how how it, it felt like the the the, the twang were the band that just got thrust out there and it, it just seemed to be like a, 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 all of a sudden everybody was like you need to check this band they were you know cover stars of all the music publications and stuff and I, and I just sort of delve into like you know how you deal with that and, and what that feels like and and it's a really good chat he's um He's a cracking fella, Phil, and uh, as you're about to find out. Um, but before we get on with it, um, huge thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, thanks to 76 for producing this. Um, thanks to you lot for listening and supporting Off The Beaten Track. Um, if you... Um, if it's your first time uh, listening to this podcast, um, when you finish this episode, why not go and have a look in the archives? Because uh, there's over 150 episodes with some of your favourite musicians, actors, DJs, producers, comedians. Go and go and have a little rummage in the archives and see if there's anything there that tickles your fancy. Um, and if that's not enough, I also have a Patreon page. Um, and each week I put up uh, standalone radio shows and episodes and videos and stuff over there. So uh, you can support the podcast over on Patreon as well. You can find out about all of these things at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Should we get on with today's episode? Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Phil Efridge. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. 
Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom is Phil Efridge of The Twang. Hello. Hello, mate. So... We, we spoke briefly then um, before I pressed record, and uh, and so I'll I'll ask you to sort of give us a bit of an update as to how you've found the lockdown situation we find ourselves in as 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 Phil, the family man and the, <laughs> and the creative. I um I've used the word contradictory all the way through because my wife's a teacher, so. When, it, when we first got locked down, she was still going to work. So for me, the first three weeks, every morning, I was thinking, oh, am I going to wake up with this cough now today? Because she was still going out of the house and coming back in, obviously. Um, but then I thought, you can't be worrying about dying every day for the rest of, you know, for the, re- for the rest of the year. So I, um, I started relaxing about it, really. But as I, as I was saying, just before you press record, it's just starting to do my head in a bit. You know, it's just... It's just a little bit never ending now, isn't it? And yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to keep my chin up though. You know, we've been writing actually, me and uh, Simo, this producer I work with, John Simcox, we've uh, we've managed to do about five or six tunes during it. So that's been all right. That's kind of kept me sane actually. Um, whether they're any good, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I uh, but they definitely, they're definitely of a moment and they're definitely, they've, they've given me something to focus on. So yeah, yeah, that's been good. But, um, so where, what was going on like in regards to sort of festivals and things like that? Did you have bookings and stuff that have all been kind of, you know, rescheduled well, yeah. or shelved or? Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a shame. I don't want to be like moaning because there's people in such worse positions, aren't there? And I'm really fortunate, man. I, you know, I've got a house with a garden and that, and we've all stayed healthy and everyone I know has been healthy. So I don't mean to moan, but we did. We, we felt like we had a bit of momentum at the end of last year. You know, we'd released our fifth record. It had been received well. Um, we'd done this tour with Sheds, which was beautiful. Um so yeah, this year we were planning on playing that record, you know, and we had quite a few festivals booked. Um, it was, it felt like it was going well, and obviously then this happened. So it's a bit of a, but 
you know, every band's in the same position. If you were, imagine being a young band just coming out and yeah. like, you, you know, you've got all that momentum and then it's just fucking took off you. You'd be, you'd be gutted. So I'm not, you know, I don't want to be moaning too much, but yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, it's been shit. Like it has for everyone. Yeah. Course, mate. Course. Well, shit. let's, t- let's talk records. Phil, what's the song with the greatest ever intro? <laughs> this, is, this is like the hardest. I think this question is really difficult. Do you not agree? This everyone, like, everyone says that, mate. Everyone says that for this one. It's impossible. Like, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've kind of cheated. I have gone for. Uh, I can't really say the um, uh, Laritanel by Sebastian Teller. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce I've, it. I've, that's how I'd um, say it. And it's not really. <laughs> the reason I'm going to say it's an intro track is because the vocal doesn't come in for about four minutes. But basically, it's just you know a piece of music. So I'm cheating, but it's um, it's beautiful. It reminds me of a time when I went away with some friends to Berlin, which was beautiful, and we just landed. Um, and I just think just talking about things like that makes you feel sad because like you know just getting on a plane with your mates and yeah. sharing it, sharing a little hit flask of tequila and stuff and. <laughs> But we just we just uh, landed driving through Berlin. It was snowing. I like to go away in January, you know, when it's all a bit shit, you know, perk you up a bit. And uh, one of my mates put this on in the Uber, and it was just perfect. It was just like, and I'd I'd never heard it before, and I didn't realise that this weird vocal came in at yeah. about you know in about three minutes, and uh, I was just like, this is perfect. So it's been on my running playlist ever since, and. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not really an intro track, but it is. It, it, no, it is. Well, the vocal don't come in for ages. So, it's it's you strange know. you say that because, um, like, I mean, what you know, what what makes an intro? I, I guess you know you can say things like "Wish You Were Here" and all of these kind of like you know epic Pink Floyd intros that are you know five minutes before anything happens, or you can yeah. look at "Hard Day's Night" and you know, and it's just bang, you're in, and it's like yeah. what. What you know? What constitutes a, a, an intro? I guess most people kind of think it should be that instant grab you by the balls kind of thing. But I don't. You know, it's 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 all subjective, isn't it? And I think that record that you chose is a beautiful record, and it is a four minute intro to a two minute song, which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm having that. It might sound like I'm cheating, but I'm having that. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh... Yeah, that, that, that's the hard bit of writing, I think. You know, you get the bulk of the song, you get the verses and you get, you know, get the chorus. And I think the second verse is always maybe it doesn't come as quickly as the first, obviously. But I think the intros and, the, you know, the post-choruses and the little interludes, they're the, they're the bits that are, are hard. And yeah. I think for, me, for us anyway, they're the bits where you start arguing over some, you know, eight-second piece of music. Yeah. And you, you end up wanting to, you know, fall out over it. But... Um, it is important, you know. Great band—that's what great bands do. You know, they—they—they—they, they, 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 you know, they craft the songs, don't they? They put the time in. I'm someone that likes it to kind of just all happen quite like naturally. You know, I don't want to start like overthinking it, but you have to, otherwise you'll be you'll be shit. Yeah, you know, totally. Okay, for track two, Phil, I want to know what the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Again, this is hard. I think, I don't know what I remember. Did I stand Dinosaur Junior? Yeah. Yeah, so just like heaven. I mean, I'm sure that there were songs before because my dad, you know, was playing like Billy Joel in the house a lot. 
which I don't think people think is not that cool, but I love Billy Joel still. Do you, you know? know what? It's so weird. I, I can't remember. I was talking on this podcast about Billy Joel uh, not that long ago. And when you start going, oh, yeah, there's that one. Oh, shit, yeah, he done that, didn't he? Oh, oh, oh yeah, he done that as well. You, you, you yeah, forget yeah. how many great records Billy Joel's written. Yeah, and when, you know, his earlier stuff, when he was a little bit more punk, you know, mm. you may be right. It was like, uh, you know, I really can remember that being young. You know, Friday night, I trashed your party. That, it's just, I, I loved him. And the videos for it's amazing. He's in this, like, club in this mad, like, big kipper tie and that. It's fucking brilliant, it is. <laughs> but, yeah, so Billy would... But I've, I've gone Dinosaur Junior because that was on a skate video. And, like, skating for me from the ages of, like, 11 to 15 was, like, my whole life, you know. I, that is when summers lasted forever. It felt like I skated my whole life, you know, but it wasn't. It was just that those four years lasted yeah. so long and the friends I made I've still got. And it's influenced everything about everything, really. But And on this uh, video days, it was a blind video, Jason Lee, Gonzalez and Mariano and that. Uh, Rudy Johnson skated to Just Like Heaven, but the Dinosaur Junior cover. Yeah. And I remember like being like, that's the track. And I didn't even know it was The Cure. I'm not, I'm not going to be acting cool. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, I just thought that track is insane. Yeah. And then I think my brother said, you know, that's a cover. Like, um, It's so weird. Like skate videos were responsible for, aside from like people's love of skating, but it was such a platform for bands as well to get your track on a skate video. Because them videos oh, yeah. like got past yeah, right, around yeah everywhere didn't they if you was yeah. you know if you loved your skating like there was some incredible music you know on them skate vids yeah yeah of course and the fashion the fashion i mean you look at the the youngsters walking around now they look like they're in a 90s skate video you know um and that's what like had caught me really you know we was cutting off our we was going into like charity shops and getting massive cords and cutting them off really high like you know this is you know, early nineties. You know, like and cutting off. We was cutting off our shoes, our airwalk enigmas. We was cutting them off at the at the ankle, and um, I think all that kind of it, it was just a massive important thing in my life. You know, and every so many people that I know from skating have gone on to do quite cool things. You know, it was massive for me. I still know a lot of the lads in town. You know, Zippy and that, and Ideal and all that. Um which I didn't really talk about much when the band first come out because it, it felt like so long ago. But when I'm doing something like this, I'm looking back at tunes that affected yeah. my life and how I, you know, see things or hear things. It's, yeah, they, they, it was big, man. It was big. I've got a weird story about that, that record. Um, that, that I've, I've, I've run a sort of alternative venue for, for 30 years. And, uh, and basically the first night I ever got, asked a DJ there it was like this I was so excited and I went out and bought a load of records and uh and I bought Dinosaur Juniors just like heaven yeah and, yeah yeah and but I I was a, a bit of a sort of Cure fan so I knew the record and I knew yeah. that there was this band called Dinosaur Junior that were blowing up you know there was this dude called Jay Maskis who was this cool guy that you know and so I was yeah. like right wicked so I'm, I'm gonna go and buy the uh the, the, and I bought the 12 of it and there's a fundamental difference between their version and the Cure's version. Uh, and 
I hadn't listened to Dinosaur Junior's version until I put it on the turntable at the club on my first yeah. night DJing. Now, that song finishes halfway through the fucking chorus. Oh, it just ends, yeah. It just ends, it? It just goes, just ends. and then stops. And, mm. and I was just... Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I was still waiting for the gear version to just carry on. <laughs> and I was sort of leafing through my vinyl, and then literally you could hear like... When the, like the record had finished, <laughs> and the whole club was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. "Wicked!" I'm haunted by that record forever, mate. <laughs> I love Dinosaur. I remember, I remember listening to the wagon. You know, like I, I guess I'm a, quite, quite emo, really. If I'm being honest, from the start, I do, I, I do like, I do like music that like. This is this is an obvious sentence, but I do like it to move me. You know, mm. like when give me that feeling. Bit soppy, really. I am. Do you know what I mean? To, but yeah. So I love Dinosaur, but I love the Cure. You know, I thought their Glastonbury set last year was the best. Yeah. I couldn't believe his voice. Yeah, uh, Roberts. I was like, what? But yeah, I saw. Amazing. I saw him last uh, last year. When was the World Cup last year? Uh, I saw him at High Park. I think it was last summer. Um, and I've seen him a few times, and sometimes they can just kind of get lost in albums and and wig out a little bit and it can be a little bit yeah they're three hours longer yeah they? Getting... yeah I've, I've been to a few of yeah, them where much. i'm just a little bit like oh okay it's getting a bit trudgy now and but yeah. this <laughs> they come on at high park and they literally just played the best of and just smashed it yeah. out of the park and it was like you again you know you forget like how many incredible records they've yeah. got. Um, like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I guess that's the thing with that Glastonbury set. They didn't have three hours to, mm. they had to just go and do the best stuff, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, totally. And uh, Yeah. Amazing. So, so you mentioned your brother gave you a heads up that um, it was a cover. So I'm imagining with older brother. Yeah. Well, my older brother is quite responsible for <laughs> like, I felt, I felt really lucky because he was into like, you know, Ned's and Carter and all of that scene when, when I was like skating. And then even when like, I, when we like moved on listening to like rave, you know, like hardcore or whatever you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, he was like listening to like, you know, like ambience. I can't think what the club was called in, um, but you know, like Papua New Guinea and all that. I've just, I've just finished playing doing a radio show and I've finished on that record. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? So he was going to like the Q Club. I can't think what the night was called. Oscillate it was called at the Q Club. Um, so he was always just, we was always kind of like swapping tunes, you know. Um, I felt really lucky. He, I remember him like buying the Oasis record, like, you know, when it came out. And we hadn't even got into, you know, we hadn't moved, you know, into that. Um, I remember him loads of Mondays records. Yeah, man, he was a bit. He was cool. He was he was cool. But he went to a grammar school, and I went to a comp. So I felt really fortunate on that front. That like I, I was kind of seeing both sides. You know, it was I was seeing the, the twats that I was hanging around with. You know, and uh, um, yeah, but I was also seeing that kind of and you, you know. Indie way of life. Yeah, and you and you touched on something there that that I think just the few sort of artists that you mentioned there, like 
you know, even from, you know, skating to things like Dinosaur Junior and and, 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 and that time, I'm fascinated by this era and I, I talk about it quite a lot on the, on the podcast. So it's, it's a missing era that, that's forgotten. It, it kind of yeah. seemed to go from Manchester to grunge to Britpop and there is that bit just in the there. Weirdo, the, the weirdo scene, like Wonder Stuff and Neds and that. We, ca- we called it the Grievo scene down in Essex. Grievo, yeah, the, the weirdo scene. Pigeon Park in Birmingham, that was kind of what it was. I was quite, I mean, obviously I was young then, but I, I was in like the Wonder Stuff video. I've, I've said this too much. Right, so oh, come on. I interviewed Miles last week. He's a hero of mine. There so. was some Miles. So we've got to play gigs with Miles and he's been so complimentary about our band. He's one of the, um, he's one of the, even in front of my wife, who loves the Wonder Stuff, he's like bigged me up loads, and I've sat there going, <laughs> "Come on, you know what I mean? This is it." Um, but they they give us some shows. He was so complimentary. I think he got us. He said lovely things about our second record um, to me that blew my mind really. Um, but I was in the Circle Square video, which is really? in Pigeon Park. Yeah. Now, so Luke Johnson, whose dad manages. Uh, managed the wonder stuff for ages he ended up in like uh amen and that the drummer anyway good lad luke um he's in the video as well but like all my brothers like it's mad miles signed my jacket but yeah i'm waffling on but like later on when i met miles i was like i'm in a band called the twang blah 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 and he was like no that's cool like i was like you signed my uh jacket man and I was like I was, I was really chuffed at the time and then I was gutted because I had this fucking signature on my little Harrington <laughs> I was like why did I ruin that what, what did I do that for but um, yeah he oh, what a hero man yeah. and when he picks up a guitar you know it's him I think the way he plays an acoustic like if you shut your eyes you'd be like that's Miles it's like yeah. he, he's so good and his voice still is incredible you know so, when you see him so live, underrated as a songwriter as well like yeah. just deserves way more credit. You know, you pick up, I mean, the first three, four, like Wonder Stuff albums are just perfect guitar pop. Like yeah. eight, eight-legged groove machines, oh, insane, isn't it? Off the insane. scale. Off the scale. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, but just talking about like the Stuffies and Neds and things like that, but also, you know, at that point, having Dinosaur Junior and Sonic Youth and, and stuff like that and Pavement and all of that, and then also... <laughs> Future Sound of London and and the stuff that was happening happening like you know Aphex Twin coming through it was a real yeah. hotbed of music and yeah. but but that kind of scene you know you like Carter for instance you know in around oh, that time ninety two like number one album you know headline yeah. Glastonbury and like and they just kind of and EMF and Jesus Jones both of them bands number one records in the states yeah you know yeah. Like, and but that scene just seems to get sort of pushed behind. Yeah. You forget about EMF because of just that one track, isn't it? That unbelievable. Yeah. But they hadn't. They had more tunes than that. Yeah. You know, they were like, you know. But um, Carter, ah, oh, things. I, I know it's an obvious one, and I'm I'm not going to act cool and sit like. But something like Sheriff Batman at the time, when you're young and yeah. don't give a fuck. I was just like, this is fucking brilliant. Oh man. mate, that, that's a good intro. Da, 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 brilliant. Da, da. Fucking brilliant, <laughs> man. And um. I live, yeah, I live I, about five minutes from Leon C, so we love that. He keeps mentioning Leon C, and it was like, yes. <laughs> and the way that everyone shouted you fat bastard yeah. to the manager. As John Fat Beast, yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had like a, a, a VHS uh, um, of a Carter at Brixton. Yeah. 
uh, video and we used to watch it on that and, and Ned's Atomic Dustbin one as well. We used to just watch them on repeat. But um yeah, Jim Bob. In fact, um one of our tunes was on the round table, you know, with fucking Lamac. Yeah. And uh, Jim Bob was on the panel. Go on. Along with uh Gaz uh Gaz Supergrass. Yeah. And um and Gaz kind of slated the track, which I've spoke to him about since, and I, we was laughing about because I don't care. He said he made him feel cold, which I was like, that's fair enough. <laughs> I was like, that's you got to have that, ain't you, right? But Jim Bob said, no, nah, man, I quite like that. And that, you know, things like that, you're like, like when Miles has been kind and like Jim Bob saying that, it made them little nods kind of make everything oh, worthwhile. Lovely, isn't it? You know what I mean? Definitely. He, he was like complimentary. It, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, man. All right. Track three, Phil. The song reminds you of your time at school. This is hard as well. I was going to say, because early at school, we skating and stuff, there was a, a Hate Street video. Matt Hensley skated to Operation Ivy's Bad Town. And I love that tune. I loved Hensley in general. He bleached his hair, you know, back when no one, you know, he yep. was, he was wearing, you know, the, the, the flying jackets, the green flying jackets with the orange inside. Um, and the Hensley chain, I still call that chain a Hensley chain, you know, like the yeah, wallet yeah, chain. Yeah, of course. That's a, that to me is a Hensley chain and, uh, and always will be, but he skated to that song. So that was a big, that was a big one. I wanted to cover, I wanted to cover that with the twang. So I thought that'd be quite an obscure um, track to do. That sounds really pretentious. Try and find the most obscure cover to do. Fuck. But anyway, I thought like that would be a good one to do for us. But then I, some some shitty band had already done it, so I was like, um, I shouldn't say that. Some band had already done it, um, so we didn't. But yeah, so I cut, so that track. But I guess then when when we kind of stopped skating. And as I say, those summers felt like they lasted forever. But when we kind of stopped, um, we started listening to like rave, really, and, and, and hardcore. And I remember the first time I heard um, Sweet Harmony by Liquid. I was just like, I was just like, this is, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to dive into now, you know. I mean, maybe it was the acid that we was on at the time as well. But I think that whole... That summer, especially, I was like, this is, yeah, man. That tune will all, yeah, big. But and the obvious ones, like, you don't want to be too obvious. Because the thing with quoting dance tracks as well, I don't know the names of a lot of them. Yeah. You know, I just know that that was on that tape. Yeah. You know, of course. That, that was on that ratty side tape from Fantasia and that. And I was like, that's the, you know, yeah. when the lion awakes or whatever. And that, you're like, so it's hard to like sit here with you and talk about the tunes, like because I'm, I wasn't a DJ. A lot of my friends were, but I don't own those records. I don't know yeah. the names of them. So, um, but yeah, so I'm going to say that okay. I've, I've got that on tape, single still somewhere. Brilliant. Weirdly, but yeah. Did you enjoy school? Um, I d- I did, in the way of uh, I used to have a laugh most days. Like I, I used to go, I didn't used to bunk off or whatever because I used to enjoy it in the way of we was having a laugh. But when I look back, sadly, I was a, I was a bit of a twat, really, a bit of a like you know I didn't 
I just didn't care really. And it's, it's strange to, cause I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just had no care about, worry about the future. That's a beautiful thing though, in a way, isn't it? I didn't care, but like, but it meant I was, I left school with not, nothing. I left school with not one qualification. And, um, for the few years after that, I was still, it wasn't probably until I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, I've been with her a long time, was that I kind of started, you know, thinking, shit, I better do something, you know, otherwise I'm going to end up. I don't know, I don't know, but I did, I did enjoy it, but I was, I, you, you, you're weird when you're younger. I was a weird kid, do you know what I mean? I was, I was, I was straight, I was, I was little, I couldn't get a girlfriend, I was, I was just a weird kid, do you know what I mean? But like, I, but I had probably a, a sharp tongue. I liked being funny. You know, I liked having a laugh and we was, yeah. we, we, we used to have a laugh, man. Was you confident? Not really. I used to just, we just used to smoke a lot of weed, play football, obviously skate. Just used to just do what, I didn't really care. I didn't really have, I guess there was a confidence in the way of, I, maybe I just thought things would work out, you know. With the band, when we started, I kind of do, did have that belief of it will happen. I don't know what I don't know what gave me that. I just, I suppose that's a little bit big headed, or so. There's a little bit of confidence there, and I, I, I just kind of thought there was something about us. I don't think that's big headed. I, I think that's that's having drive and, and a bit of ambition and, and and believing in what you're doing. I, I felt like we dressed a certain way, and we. We spoke a certain way and we had our own kind of little click, you know, and we always kind of tucked ourselves away from everything. And yeah, it's weird looking back because it was probably a strange time. My mum was my mum was really ill as well. Um which meant I could get away with fucking anything, you know, so I was quite naughty really. Um and I wasn't really being like my dad had bigger things on his plate, you know, my mum was kind of in bed for a couple of years. She had like a big brain tumor, she, but she she's alive, so you know could always be worse in it but but I guess that gave me a bit of a free reign to just you know to just be a bit of a toro but then naturally I do think that you are who you are and I feel I've changed quite a lot you know I've, but you do gravitate I still gravitate to the if you put me in a classroom now I'd be sat with a naughtiest kid there within, within <laughs> you know within minutes and I know that I don't I, you know it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I'm sure some other people would be saying that I was that kid, you know. Yeah. If I sit in a, if the thought of sitting in a classroom, it kind of makes me almost dizzy, but it kind of goes over my head. So I would just end up shouting. <laughs> you know, I'd just end up like saying, you know, just uncouth shit. Once you realise that you can't really get in trouble, you know, they can't. You just don't give a fuck then, do you? Did you like attention? Um... Um, I like to, to try and be funny, but I don't class myself. And I'm, I'm not. I don't class myself as a funny. You know, I've got friends that are funny. Yeah. I'm, I don't class myself as someone that's funny, but I. But I liked. I liked. You know. I just like. I like having a laugh. I always have. I like spouting shit. You know. And I, but I've learned to kind of stop. And think a little before I speak. I think getting signed made that happen. I was a little bit nervous, you know, of like, I just want, I don't know. Well, I, I want to pick up on that in a bit. 
Um, well, I'll, I'll ask you the next question, then I want to pick up on on on, on that moment. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. While, while we're sort of back in. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Uh in in school days. I want to know um for track 4 please Phil what the first song was that you bought from a record shop. Well, this, <laughs> you, you got to be careful not to try and act cool, haven't you, with this one? Because the, the, it's, it's never the truth. When people no, say they bought... No one's I'm been like, called fu- on here. No one's been you called. Fucking, you did not buy that record. I, I don't, I've heard this question so many times. I'm like, there's no fucking way you went and bought that record yeah. when you were nine. No one like- was listening to John Pill when they were nine. It weren't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it weren't happening. Um, but... So I'm guessing one of the records I can remember from being really young was The Stutterer. And I don't know why. Obviously, it's a bit of shit, but I can just remember it being on and just laughing. I don't know. Um, But then the first record, I didn't really collect records. It's something that I wish I had because I I still, when the the band got signed, I remember... um, a few of them started collecting records. So every town was in, they'd be off to record shops, you know, give them something to do. Um, and I didn't. I just carried on with CDs for some stupid reason. And um, But when I was about 15, I remember waking up on my birthday and my older brother was handing me a present and it was St Etienne's Tiger Bay. Um, we'd been listening to St Etienne anyway. I love St Etienne. They're, they're, they're a sound of my childhood. 
I loved Sarah Cracknell as well. Oh, was, we all love you know, Sarah Cracknell, mate. It was fucking, she was like, <laughs> she was my thing when I was a kid. Um, and that Tiger Bay record, I remember Hug My Soul off it was, I just remember, and I just thought it was a beautiful gift off my brother. He probably thought I was a bit of a twat at the time, and I was probably, and but he still was like, you know, you're still showing me love, you know, bringing, you know, we still buy each other presents to this day, uh, you know, me and my brothers and that, as a, you know, even though it's like you're just giving each other the, the money back, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah, still yeah. kind of do that, like, present thing. It's kind of, which I think is really beautiful, you know, long may it continue. So, um, but yeah, he bought me that record, which I've still got somewhere. And, uh, and what yeah. record that is. So that's probably the first record that I actually owned in a collection, you know, that I'd like, Lent up against my stereo, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, man, I've got a record now." Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I never went. On, I never went on to collect um, like, uh, you know, like I wish I had. Yeah. Okay. Well, well you, you mentioned getting signed and, and I, I touched on confidence uh, uh, and that um, a moment ago. Um, as, as an outsider looking in, it felt to me that the press got hold of the twang. And all of a sudden, you was everywhere. You was on the cover of all the mags. You was the the band that everyone was going. You need to check this band out. Like, yeah. how did you deal with that point there? I mean, I've, I've spoke about this a lot. I, I didn't realise it was happening like that at the time. And that might sound like nonsense, but I really didn't. I kind of was just going with it. I kind of, it, I, I half expected it. Again, without sounding like. I kind of thought this is this is how it is, you know. We're gonna, but looking back, it was it was impossible to. It was you know. I look back and it was it did affect a lot of decisions, you know. When it came to making the record itself, it was like everyone was just blowing smoke up our, you know. It was like you're gonna smash it, you know. It was like a guaranteed, you know, it was a guaranteed thing. So rather than like making sure I, I, I lost sight a little bit. I suppose the, the bad effect of it is what I lost sight a bit of what, you know, whereas before I was fully like, you know, shaping, shaping our kind of path and making sure this thing happened. And then when it did and we got, you know, I, I lost sight a bit. I lost sight a bit. A bit. I, got a little bit scared. I got a little bit scared as well, to be honest, because you do realize that then people are like, you know, they're on you, man. So that, that was a little bit nerve wracking, especially how they were selling, us and selling myself as some like ruffian and I, I feel like I spent my I feel like I spent the beginning of our career or whatever for want of a better word kind of trying to trying to shake that off when really I kind of regret that a little bit I try not to have too many regrets but I, I should have just rode with it and said well fuck it no, you know that's who we are you know they were begging for it the, the, the thing is they're still begging for that band that uh Normal, for want of a better word. But it was just on the turn. Like, TV presenters were, you know, becoming sarcastic, you know. Like, it, it was just on the turn of that. Yeah. Everyone was, was just starting to become a bit woke, you know. Yeah. And I think we were classed as, like, laddie, 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 you know. Like, it was a... Like, it's a shame that it's, it's like, not okay to be a lad. But it is if you're a nice lad. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Course, and we were nice lads, but, like... We didn't know. I did, I wasn't articulate enough to probably like you know to put that. They they sold us as something. 
which in a way we were, but we also, you know, we were. I, I don't believe anyone is. If you spend that much time in a rehearsal room writing love songs with your mate on an acoustic, you're not mental, are you? You know, and I've said that throughout. Like we were, um, but it was impossible to live up to the hype. But we've done well, you know. I, I, um, we're five records in, which is a lot more than some of my favourite ever bands have made. We still play quite big venues when we tour. We've got like, you know, people seem to like us, you know, we're some people's favourite band, man. You can't ask for more than that. Yeah, wonderful. But, and I guess that hype at the start did help that, you know, because it did put us out there, you know, and it did. It was just that the, the initial stories that they jumped on were just terrible, like the samurai sword thing and everything. It was like, what the fuck, man? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it did, you know, this stupidly, my friend did, you know, get arrested with a, a, a you know, but not in the way it was sold into the, it was just that as soon as they heard that story off our press officer, they was like, that is where we're going, you know, this yeah, band. Yeah, of course. Salacious, isn't course, it? Yeah. But of course we weren't like that, you know, we were an odd bunch, you know, just writing, writing songs. But I think anyone that met us realised that as well. And maybe that they thought then, why they kind of backed off is, I've said this a lot as well. I didn't become the mess they wanted me to become. You know, I think they was probably thinking, fuck it, right, man, we'll get this fill on. It'll be a car crash. You know, it's gonna, he's going to get fucking nicked. He's going to become a baghead. It's all happening. You know, this is, this is perfect, you know. And because I didn't do that, it's a bit boring, isn't it? It's a bit like for them, there's no story there because, yeah. because I wasn't fucking, I wasn't, you know, I stayed in Brum. I was with the same girlfriend. I kind of, I didn't give them the story they wanted, you know. That, just, that's, that's why you're five albums in, mate. Probably, but then, yeah, and that's, I, th- thank you for saying that, because that's what I, I truly, because I never slate bands off. You know, when I said that earlier about some band covered that, and I, I don't, because each their own, man, and good luck, you know. Most of the time, if they're in a band, they're doing the same thing as me, they're great. You know, they're doing the same and you've got common ground. I could sit with them all and, you know, yeah. and talk about making songs, whether, you know, you're making different songs or whatever. But but I know that if I had started slating people off, I'd have been ruined. I'd have yeah. been crucified, you know. I think losing my hair at the time was good, right? I've probably said this as well, but I think that was a little bit of like, happen, you know, things happen for a reason. I think that was a little bit of wind your neck in, you know. If you, 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 uh, because I think if I'd have had a good bowl head like I used to have, I'd have probably been a little bit more cocky. <laughs> but I thought they've got something on me here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I um, yeah, I think I try and look at, yeah, things happen for a reason. I think that was one, I think that was one of them. But, um, Brilliant. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, for track five, Phil, I'm going to ask you the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Um, well, this is really hard because as I spoke about the, uh, I don't know the names. Of, so we used to go to the steering wheel in Brum in about 95 and it was like the best club around. It was amazing. Before the refit, they'd done, it, they'd, they'd done a refit in like 96 or something. And it, it was never the same. It was really dark before we used to go on to like Tintins and Marco Polos and just, you know, all night and uh, all weekend, really. Um, so the tunes from there, the tapes I've got from there, the, 
the Ali Whitehead tapes and the Donovan Bad Boy Smith tapes. And they're just soundtracked that summer and, you know, probably the next summer as well. But I don't know the name. I text my friend yesterday and says, you know, tell me some titles of tracks, man, because I'm fucking, I'm doing this thing. Um, but then I thought, well, actually, I've got, I've got this real memory of being in, I, I, talking about drugs is a bit wanky, isn't it? But, you know, it was obviously was doing pills a lot. And when I used to come up on a pill, it used to kind of freak me out. I used to have to walk downstairs and I used to go and sit down in like the chill bit and just smoke about 20 cigarettes in a row and explain to myself, you know, you've paid for this, enjoy it, you know, just sit here and let it, let it engulf you. Like, and yeah. it was fucking beautiful. That's how I used to deal with it. You know, that sounds weird. Cause it's like, why are you doing that? If that's how you have to, but that was my kind of, I used to walk up here and would go all funny and I'd sit down. And, but I remember being sat in this chair, smoking, gurning me tits off. And, uh, Durand, uh, the, the DJ I knew actually, I'm not going to say his name because I used to buy weed off him back in the day. But he was, he was, he was, uh, he was playing and he played Duran Duran Save a Prayer. And I, 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 obviously in the state I was in, it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever fucking heard. I was like, everything about how I was feeling at the time, it was, it was saying a lot. Um, and I remember going up to him and going, oh, will you play that again? And not, <laughs> obviously, if you're a DJ, right, you ain't playing the same fucking yeah. song again. But I asked him about five fucking times to play that su- same song again that night. And it was fucking, I look back and it's so embarrassing, but I was so off my tits and so like, it was just the best thing I'd ever heard. Um, and I've DJed since, obviously, you know when they ask you to go and DJ as a, yeah. as a person from a band. And you're never playing the same song twice. So what? Yeah. What? A, and even though that's not a club track, I just remember that. I can remember that tune saving me that night. Being, you you being, found Duran Duran. They're hometown boys, aren't they? Well, not yeah. They are. Yeah, from yeah. Not really. Um, no, not really. I've not really ever listened to them. I don't. I don't really ever um, go backwards with music. It's one thing that I'm kind of. Um, whether that's, yeah, I just, I, I, I always listen to what was out at the time, what yeah. was happening, I was listening to, and then kind of just going with it. I didn't find the time to like delve back into sure. like, even things like the Beatles and that, I've not really, because I mean, my dad had a few Beatles records, but I didn't really like grow up caning them, you know, like people did. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's quite fitting for the next song. But I'm going to ask you what is the favourite song from an artist from your home county. Well, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Grey Cell Green, Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Nice. Because I just love that song. And uh, even though they're not from Brum, I live by John now, the front man. I, I, I live not far from him at all. I see him in the park with his kids. And uh, Do you know him? I, 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 he knows I'm in the twang. He used to work at um, uh, the Civic in Wolves in the press department. So when we were coming out, they weren't doing anything at the time because they're back doing shows mm. now, and stuff, aren't they? But I don't know if they're writing. But he knew of us. And then, yeah, I've met him a few times. I met him with Miles, actually. I've had a beer with him with him and Miles, yeah. I mean, that's a moment, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, my God. He was fucking so cool with his hair across his foot. You know, he was so fucking cool when we were kids. Uh, I loved I loved them. 
Oh, my brother used to make like posters, like you know, because their um, logo. You know, people don't make logos as cool no, as that nowadays. So good. So on the bins around here where I live, they sell bin stickers. So Ned's Atomic does spin on your bin, like, and there's a few bins, you know, like when I go for a run or whatever and it's bin day, I'm like, ah, oh, they're cool. They're cool. They're into Ned's. You know, you can see these bin stickers. You can there's actually a have a Ned's Atomic dustbin. That's bin sticker, yeah. So yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I keep, I keep forgetting to buy one for my brother for Christmas. I keep thinking, shit, I've got to order one of them. In fact, how bad my memory is. Every time I see one, I think I've got to, I'll get home. I'll get home from this run. I'm going to order one of them. So I've got it for, for his birthday or Christmas or whatever. And I, I forget by the time. Oh, <laughs> I want one of them. I'm, that's what I'm doing after this. I want to go and have a little shop for one yeah. of them. That's so great. There's a few of them, a few of them. But that song in particular, I loved Happy as well. Oh. And obviously, QE Television. But, and, but Grey Soul Green for me is, uh, you know, yeah, amazing. Man. I just, I, it's really weird for because I look at that era because that era was, you know, I guess my real formative years in music. You know, I was going to you know sweaty indie clubs and 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 hearing Cooey Television, frame myself around, and and I just, I loved the the, the sort of colour that was in music and and the fashion and everything around that time was such a kind of like mashup of styles. There was you know loads of people with dreads and shorts and it was, yeah, it was yeah. a killer time for band t shirts. I mean everyone had a Godfather t shirt and yeah you know, yeah yeah long sleeve yeah long sleeve course, course. I, I had a long sleeve black one that had um, sit down written across the back up a James one. I had the come home oh. one and uh, I remember my favourite wonder stuff one. I, I had the uh, I just had the black t shirt with idiot written on it and uh, yeah yeah loved yeah. a bit of that. But so um, we. Go on, sorry. No, sorry. go on, go on. No, because you mentioned James, and I don't, uh, that, like, when you say what, we we just we supported James just as we got signed, and we toured with them, and we were such big fans. And to have Tim Booth come up to me, watching our sound check, speaking to me before every show, I was like, fucking yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is, this is it. We're here now. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I love, I love James. I think they're one of my favourite ever bands. But their merch, imagine how much they killed it with that, with that, with their merch, man. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I can't believe I, there's not been a resurgence of, like, you know, I, years ago when everyone was buying Ramones t-shirts and, and you know, a Motorhead t-shirts again. Why is that era of, like, because, I mean, the Pop Will Eat Yourself t-shirts were just incredible. Like, they're from around this way as well, yeah. obviously. Like, why are um, these T-shirts not come back? That Come Home T-shirt by James, the, uh, white it was, long sleeve, blueprint. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> I wore, I wore a lot, and it went a bit unnoticed. I was a bit gutted about it. <laughs> but I wore a uh, Carter 30-something T-shirt, uh, long sleeve, at the Electric Ballroom when we played in about 2011, just to let people know that that's, you know. Yeah. And I know I'm over 30, you know, and it is, it's like, this is like, this is who I am, you know. Yeah. It's just a little nod. And I thought, oh, someone's going to cop, you know, someone's going to say, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing in a photo? You know, but no one did. And, uh, yeah, I've got that photo. I, that's one of the photos I've kept, you know. Brilliant. Of me on stage wearing that 30-something top. And, and James, again, you know, you, you, you rattle off the, the greatest hits of James and you're like, Oh, right. Maybe. There's there's at least 20. It's crazy. Like They, uh, they um, 
when we toured with them, I love him from a village, you know, the Jackie oh, from a village. Beautiful. And I says to him, How come you never play him from a village? And they was just like, We just never play it. So never played it really. Then we're in Birmingham at the Academy. So this is our first time playing Dale End, you know, the old hummingbird. Mad famous venue in Brum, especially from the scene that you were just talking about. And uh I heard them sound checking it. And then and then when they'd done the gig, they was like, This is for the twang. And nice. uh, they played, they dedicated him from a village. And at the end of it, I have spoke about this before, so it's a bit what, but at the end of the gig, my brother came up to me, he was nearly crying. He was like, not only are you fucking supporting James, <laughs> they've played that fucking, you know, I know we was just like hugging. You know, it was a moment, man. It, it, you know, it puts, it makes me stand up now thinking about it. It was a, it was a fucking, it was a moment, man. You know? Oh, wonderful, mate. Wonderful. Good lads, James. Amazing. Phil, it's your last track. Song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. I, I thought this was difficult because everyone knows everything nowadays. It's so instant, isn't it? If you mention something, you just, you know, straight onto iTunes or Spotify or whatever and you've got it. But um, I'm going to go Proof, I Am Clute, just because it's one of my favourite ever songs. It would be, you know, this is kind of Desert Island Disc, isn't it, in a way? But yeah. it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be the song I kept probably. It's, yeah. I think, especially from when we were on the road, when we were touring a lot, drinking a lot, yeah, it just summed everything up. Beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful band. He's a genius, mate. Yeah. I, uh, I, I saw them. I saw them on their first UK tour by accident. Uh, it was a venue called, um, oh, God, uh, the, the Square in Harlow. And... Uh, and and I went there. I was watching like one of my mates' bands was supporting, and then this free piece come out, and it's, it's, it's John John Bramwell, wasn't it, the singer? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and John come out, and he had a crate. I don't know if this is an IM. Yeah, no, he thing. does. He, he puts his foot up on a crate, yeah, don't he? Yeah. To play, yeah, he does. And I was like, all right, what's this? And then they they open with twist, and I was like, fuck me. Yeah. What is this? And like, and, oh, morning rain. Oh, yeah. That that first album knocked me sideways. Like, yeah. what an incredible band! Like, I think I heard. That, I I think I was introduced to them by a band that was touring with us. I think they were playing Proof in Soundcheck. Right. I was thinking, fucking hell, is that your tune? <laughs> I was like, oh, this band shouldn't be supporting us. Like, you know, this is fucking insane. Yeah. I'm thinking, shit, man. Might have to, might have to change the <laughs> I'm just like, but they, no. And then I also went straight up to them, obviously, thinking, asking, like, well, you know, that tune's fucking amazing what you was just playing. And they, and they said it was I Am Clute. And I was like, wow. And from then on, it just kind of summed up that moment in time, you know. Mm. The knock on the hotel door, you know. It was, uh, yeah. What? Well, but funny actually, because I was looking at these songs that I was thinking, oh, what would people not? And I realised I put like a list of about four, and every band was from Manchester. And I was like, whoa, because I'd mentioned I put Money down because there's a band called Money from Manchester that no longer exists. They made two records, but. Everyone I play him to, just brilliant man. He's brilliant. He does spoken word actually. So your your mate Scroobius would know him, yeah, because he does spoken word. His name's Jamie Lee. Okay, um, but he's on that scene in London doing all the spoken word stuff. Um, but his two records, 
Yeah, I was going to choose one of his tracks because, and then there was another band that only made one record, Woo Life. There's a track. Oh, mate, they were what a noise they made. Yeah. So the the opening track of of that album, Life, it's called Life, was a time when one of my kids was being born. It says, "Son, I'll love you forever." Just really like emo. I know it's really emo to be said, but like just ah, just what 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 a band, what a record. Um, and they're from Manchester. Yeah. And then I also thought, like, some people haven't heard certain tracks by the Mondays. Yeah. Like Olive Oil, for instance, um, that I was like, people should hear that. And then, obviously, they're Manchester. And then I'm from Manchester, so I was yeah. like, well, that's fucking weird, isn't it? That every track I thought... But, but, and the thing is, most people have heard it all, haven't they, now? So if they haven't, check out Money, because I think, I think he's... Uh, yeah, I've, not, I've not heard of him, Phil. He was, he was great, man. I don't know why it didn't happen for them, but... Well, I put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany this, so um, if money are on there... And I was only meant to talk about one track. Oh, like, mate, you're allowed honourable mentions on this podcast. It's fine, mate. So, so as we uh, find ourselves on our way out of, of, of lockdown, um, what's, uh, what's to be uh, happening with you and the band? We are going to try and... Um, do some shows, I guess, because that's how we make money. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can, um, we can play some shows. Um, I'm hoping that we can get back in and start writing. Um, I don't, I, I really don't know. It's such a strange time. It's so, it feels so divisive. I, th- I feel like, I feel that we just. I, I, I've just got no pressure on it at the moment. I just want to crack on, stay happy, um, stay healthy and that, you know. I'm, I'm, in a, I, I'm lucky, man. My wife's got a job where she's still getting paid. I've got no real complaints. I just, I'd like to start playing shows again, but only when it's... We were booked in for those driving shows. Oh, really? And we were going to do them, but, like, I wasn't 100% how that... I, I want to play shows when it's it's back on you know yeah. and we can get back in a room and yeah and do what we do because our shows are pretty special i know all bands would say that but our shows feel pretty special in fact erica from the wonder stuff was at our gig at christmas and she said it's the best show she's ever seen that's a fact there it's you a fact go <laughs> well, i'm not i know that's what a wanky thing to say that is but that's the truth little little comments like that yeah you're like, of course man it's beautiful our, our show our shows in Birmingham, they go pretty mad. So I'd like to, I don't want to do one where, you know, it's, you can't do a gig social, with people social distancing. It's fucking not happening, is nah. it? In my opinion. But, oh, um, I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. But then I also will do, I don't know. Yeah, I want to play some shows. I want to write some songs. I want to, you know, like always, I want to stay friends with a band and, you know, you know how it is, isn't it? Yeah, I just want to crack up. Wicked. Have some fun, man. We've we long may the flag continue is what I've always said, and you know we've come this far. When it starts feeling fake, I'm going to knock it on the head. But at the moment, the last time I was on stage felt good. So as long as it does, I'll carry on doing it, and as long as people keep turning up, should I say? Lovely. Well, best of luck yeah. with it, Phil, and thanks, loads, man. So I've had a real blast chatting, mate. Thanks ever so much for having us, man. It's a it's a pleasure. Thanks, Honor. mate. All right, you take care, man. There you go. What a lovely chat. What a lovely man. Um, yeah, 
carried on chatting once we'd uh, pressed stop, uh, which is always a good sign when uh, when, when doing a podcast. Um, yeah, re- really, really uh, loved that episode. Great to sort of reminisce and, uh, and, and and talk about, you know, some of the bands that have been key to, you know, Phil's formative listening years. Um, and it's, it's always nice when they reflect mine. So uh, we can kind of delve deep in uh, in stuff like that so um yeah if you enjoyed the chat and uh, and you, you want to hear some of them records if you might not know them go over to spotify and have a search and you can find phil's playlist um that's me done for the week um as mentioned at the beginning if you like this go and have a look in the uh, archives because there's over 150 episodes if you really like this podcast then you can support it you can go over to patreon uh, and become a, a supporter of off the beaten track podcast where you'll have access to over 100 episodes that haven't been released to the the masses and uh, and you'll also get access to videos and standalone episodes weekly radio shows and stuff so uh, you can support the podcast over there right that's me done have a lovely week and i'll see you next time bye bye oh yeah sorry i've butted in yet again i just want to quickly tell you about this magazine it's called pod bible now pod bible is the new essential guide to podcasts it's put together alongside spotify and acast And it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month, there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.